I got a lot to say in a short period of time. Let's open our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 7. I want to preach a message to you today. And to be honest, I don't want to preach today. I want to prophesy to you. Because I think there's a lot of people that are going through kind of hell right now. And I believe that this text can speak to you today. Uh, pay attention to this text. Watch this in 2 Kings chapter 7. The Bible says this. Elisha said, listen to God's word. The famine is over. This time tomorrow, food will be plentiful. There will be a handful of meals for a shekel, two handfuls of grain for a shekel, and the market at the city gate will be buzzing. Then verse, verse 2, it says this. The attendant on whom the king leaned for support said to the holy man, you expect us to believe that? You think trap doors are just going to open up in the sky and food just tumbles out? And Elisha responds, you watch with your own eyes, he said, but you will not eat so much as a mouthful. The Bible says in verse 3, it happened that four lepers were sitting just outside the gate. And they said to one another, what are we doing here sitting at death's door? If we enter the famine city, if we enter the famine struck city, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. So let's take our chances in the camp of Aram and throw ourselves at their mercy. If they receive us, we'll live. If they kill us, we'll die. But listen, we've got nothing to lose. We've got nothing to lose. I want to preach from this subject today and from this idea is this isn't fair. This isn't fair. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we thank you, Jesus, that we're still able to gather together as a church family. Although it's not physically, we can do so digitally. And thank you for the means of technology. Now, Father, I pray that your presence go forth and in every single home, every single, through every single phone and device. I just ask that your presence and your spirit be in that place. Fill it. Provide it with hope. I know so many people are, are hurting right now. A lot of people aren't just in quarantine. They're in despair. And so I pray that this message would speak directly to their heart. And I thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. Help us today to see Jesus, to hear from heaven, and to encounter the power of God. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen and amen. So at the time of this recording, we are in the midst of a global pandemic. I believe we're in week six or seven. It feels like week 97, to be honest. And as an extrovert and as somebody that's a social butterfly, it's killing me. Because I just miss seeing people. I miss hugging people. I miss holding people. Uh, but for some people, this is not just quarantine. For a lot of people, this season is a nightmare. And just through personal and professional exposure and experience and conversations that I've been having with our church family and even beyond these walls, so many people are going through such tragedy, job losses, family losses, deaths in friends or families. And there's just so much hurt and brokenness going on in this city and going on beyond this city as well. And so in the midst of this time, I thought it was appropriate to bring up this text and to bring up this passage. Because to be honest, as most people are, uh, we're all in quarantine. Some people are experiencing a nightmare. And this is the very thing that is happening within this text in 2 Kings chapter 7. So let me give you the context. In scene one, we have Elisha the prophet. And he is prophesying by this time tomorrow, so in less than 24 hours, the famine is going to be over. Come on, how many are expecting and hoping and praying? Come on, this drought, this famine, and this virus is going to be over, and one day we can hug each other again. Come on, somebody. And so Elisha prophesies that. And then this man comes back at him and says, well, you think just something, something's going to happen? You think there's going to be a trap door from heaven that just opens up, and what, food's going to fall from the sky? Elisha says, that's exactly what God's going to do. God's going to provide something supernaturally, and he's going to, give to provide supernatural assistance. But he says, listen, listen, young man, you're not going to be one to experience it. You'll see it with your eyes, but you won't experience it with your mouth. 
Come on, there's something to be said about unbelief in this season. But in the midst of this time, crazy things happening. Uh, there is famine in this land. So much so that if you go back a previous chapter, we find in chapter 6 that people are turning to cannibalism. There's a story of two moms. A mom's talking. One mom says, we'll eat your son today. We'll eat your son tomorrow. Come on, how many know? That's a horrible, horrible place to be in. And so they're diverting to cannibalism. Things that are actually disgusting and unclean in that time were selling for a tremendous amount of money. They're talking about a donkey's head being sold for like 10, 80 shekels. Incredible amounts of money for just something that's nasty and disgusting. So they're in the middle of this horrible famine. So that's scene one. Elisha is prophesying, by this time tomorrow, God's going to show up and the famine will be over. Then we translate to scene two, verse three. And we find out these four lepers. So these four lepers is what I really want to break down today. Because I actually think that these four lepers represent a lot of us. Is they are in this disheartening and discouraging season of their life. So let me break this down. Three things about these four lepers. Number one is they're diseased. So this disease is called leprosy. And maybe you've heard of this disease before. But this disease essentially is like this. Leprosy is this skin-eating, this skin-rotting disease where literally you could have pieces of your body falling apart as you're walking around and not even know it. Leprosy is a painless disease. But how many know uh, that's probably a tragedy? Sometimes pain is actually good because it showcases you're still alive. So they could be walking, and just one moment, their hand would fall off. How crazy would that be? Not even knowing your hand would be falling off. Here's another thing about leprosy. Lepers were only around to be around other lepers. And so they had this like leprosy camp in, in uh, community and village. You could only be around other lepers. And so they were just basically society's outcasts, society's misfits. Uh, lepers could only perform lepers' funerals because they could not be around anybody because their leprosy was so contagious and so nasty and was so easily caught. And just the last thing about leprosy is it's painless, it's, it's painful, but they were also just society's outcasts and they were thrown out and nobody wanted them. So they're diseased. Here, they're dying. Here's the last thing. is just they're discarded. Nobody wants them. Could you imagine being in this moment? Could you imagine, put yourself in this character. Put yourself in this character's shoes. Being somebody that has leprosy, nobody wants you. Not even family. You could never experience a hug again. You could never experience somebody kissing you again. You could never experience a whole. Now, some of us are in this place right now temporarily. You know, we're not allowed to really hug and get close to people. We have to socially distance, six feet apart. Come on, all of us know where we're at right now. But can you imagine that for the rest of your life, not being able to experience touch or somebody holding you again? Reminds me of the story that happened just a couple weeks ago. My wife goes up uh, to Anthony, which is Morgan's boyfriend. Morgan's my little sister. And so she goes up to uh, Morgan's boyfriend, Anthony, and we're in our house. And, you know, Zion's playing. The whole family's around. And my wife goes up to Anthony, grabs his arm, and starts holding him, puts her head on his shoulder. And Anthony's just stoic. He's just like, uh, okay. All of us are looking like, wow, I didn't, we didn't realize that. Natalia got so close to Anthony and just likes him that much. Nobody knew. And so I believe at this moment, Natalia started feeling Anthony's arm, and she noticed that it's not nearly as strong and masculine and burly as mine. She looks up, and she sees this young Mexican male with a bandana, and she goes, oh, my gosh, and she starts walking away. All of us were dying laughing. She thought it was me at first. She had no idea who it was. So she was holding on to him, and we were all just dying laughing. It was so funny. But I'm looking at this story, and I'm like, can you imagine not even ever being able to hold or touch somebody again? Like, I know we're going through some of that right now in this season, but imagine for the rest of your life. That would be so painful. That would be so scary. That would be so hopeless. 
And if you're like me, I'm putting myself as one of these characters in this text. If I'm looking and have leprosy, I'm diseased, I'm dying. I know death is really inevitable. I know, I know that you know, I, my, my skin is kind of falling apart. I don't know how long I have left to live. And I'm discarded and nobody wants me. How many know that's a depressing state to be in? I think some people are maybe there emotionally today. Maybe not physically. You don't have leprosy. Maybe you have leprosy of the heart where, where pieces of your heart are falling off. Pieces of who you are, your identity just seems to be falling apart. You don't know what's going on in your life, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's next in this next season. I know I'm speaking to some people today. If you're like me, and I put myself as one of these characters, I'm angry at myself. I'm angry at the world. To be honest, I'd probably be angry at God. And I think they're yelling. If I could use creative license with the text, and I don't really think it's a big stretch, I'm sure they're thinking to themselves, this isn't fair. Come on, it's the subject for my message today. This isn't fair. Like, why? How did I get in this place and space? How am I in this scenario right now? I know there's a loss of jobs, but some people have lost family. I know some people lost loved ones right now. I know people are going through hell right now. How am I in this spot? And some people could just be thinking, why? This isn't fair and angry at God. If I'm being honest, I know there's some things that I'm, I'm struggling with right now. I'm wrestling through right now. And it kind of leads me to the text, because the text says it like this. The text goes, these four lepers talked with each other. They look at the city, which is in famine. They look outside, and they're under siege by the Arameans. And they look at with themselves, and they realize they're diseased. And so they said, listen, we can't go to the city or we'll die. We can't stay here or we'll die. But we have to go on to the Aramean camp. We got nothing to lose. And I love this, is they stopped sulking. And then they got up and they started doing something about it, which leads me to the big idea and the main thought I want you to take away today. And if you don't remember anything from the message, remember this, is this. When you stop sulking, listen to me, God starts working. I'll say it one more time. Come on. When you stop sulking, God starts working. He starts doing incredible, supernatural things. When you stop sulking, God can use anybody, but he cannot use complainers. He, he stays away. It is like it is a deterrent for him. He cannot use complaint. When you stop sulking, listen to me, God starts working. He starts doing miraculous things. So it leads me to this question. Is how is it in one day, one day, these guys go from cursed and then they go to blessed? One day, 24 hours. Elisha prophesied it. He says, by this time tomorrow, you guys will be blessed. And there will be, the famine will be over. So one day they go from cursed to blessed. One day they go from lack and they go to abundance. How do they do that? I think it's because they have this mentality and they have this mentality going forward. And here's what I want to do. I want to give you four lessons from the four lepers in this text. And I believe this will, got, this, this will change your life and this can encourage you tremendously. Watch this. Here's the first thought. It will be this. Is death is inevitable, but living is optional. Come on, death is inevitable, but living is optional. How many know in this season, we know this, we don't just want to live long we want to live well. And I know this about your life, and I want to declare this because of what I understand about Scripture, is this, is brokenness is not the will of God for your life. Come on, poverty is not the will of God for your life. Insecurity is not the will of God for your life. Come on, laziness is not the will of God for your life. I want you to know, death is inevitable. We see this. These guys are in the midst of tragedy, and they are dying as we speak. Their body is falling apart. Their life is falling apart. The city is falling apart. They are dying. But listen to me. They got up, and they decided, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk forward, and at least I'm going to try to go to the Aramean camp and see what they could do. 
they decided, even though everything is falling apart, I'm still going to get up and I'm going to try and live. And that's what I want to declare to some of you guys today is you need to get up. Come on, stop sulking. Get up. Wipe some dirt off your shoulders. Get, get happy again. Preach yourself happy again. Listen to some good words. Listen to some good sermons. Read your scriptures. Pray to God and watch. You get up and God will start working. When you stop sulking, come on, God starts working. Death is inevitable. All of us, in some way, shape, or form, in, some, in different times than others, all of us are going to die. But the question is, did you ever truly live? I don't want to just live long. I want to live well. And I learned another thing from this text. Number two is this. Leprosy is contagious, but so is your attitude. Come on, one of these guys had the wherewithal to be able to say, if we go there, we're going to die because there's famine. They got no resources. If we stay here, we're going to die because we're just in camp and we're just leprous, diseased men. But we might as well go for it. Thank God somebody had the wherewithal and somebody had the audacity and somebody had the faith to be able to say, we can't stay here anymore. Come on, I think there's something to be said about this. Listen, I wrote this down in my notes, and, and something I just want to declare to you and put into your vocabulary is, come on, you, could, you just got to say this. It could have been worse. Come on, say it in the text. Say it in the chat. It could have been worse. Come on. I know some of us might have lost a job. It could have been worse. We could have lost a limb. <laughs> come on. I, I know some of us maybe have lost some relationships or lost a family member. At least we didn't lose our sanity. Come on. You, you, got, you got your faith. I know some of us might have lost contact with some people, but at least we got technology. Come on. This is the belief of a believer. Come on. This is, you're, you're going to make it through. Uh, this could have been worse. I love this about this story that I was reminded of, and I actually hate it at the same time. Watch. I remember spraining my ankle so bad. I had a high ankle sprain. It was about a four-month injury. I was harboring this, and I had this cast. I'm sitting in this doctor's office. They put this cast on. I'm sitting down. I look to my right, and I'm complaining. I look to my left, and I'm talking to my mom, and I'm just aggravated. I'm angry, and I just had a horrible attitude given the circumstance. Then I see somebody open the door. They walk through the doorway, and somebody that's probably five, six, seven years younger than I am, and they're in a wheelchair. It's a young lady. And she asked, what happened to me? I said, I have a basketball injury. I got a cast on for like four months. And I asked, what happened to you? And she has like these splints on. She's in this wheelchair and she has staples in her legs. And this injury would be recovered from in like years. And so immediately I thought to myself, I can't believe I'm complaining about this small injury when I see a young lady who's much younger than me and she's handling it 10 times better than me. How many know this might be bad right now and there might be some problems you're facing right now. It could have been worse. Come on, have a good attitude. Leprosy is contagious, but so is your attitude. Have a calm attitude. Have a positive attitude. Come on, optimism is just a result of the gospel. Listen, God can redeem anything and turn it for good. Can I get an amen from somebody in this chat today? Number three, moving on fast. Number three, this is probably my favorite point, is this. There is silver in this season. There is silver in this season. I love this about these men, or these four lepers, really is these guys decide, we're not just going to stay here. We're not, not going to go to our city. We're not going to stay in this camp, this leper's camp, and just wait to die. We're actually going to go off. What do they do? They go off to the camp. They sit there, and they, realize, and, they, and they expose themselves to this camp. And what happens in the text, what the Bible says in verse 6 and verse 7, is actually God sent a sound. And they thought, the Aramean camp, thought that the Egyptians were coming to attack their camp. And so they deserted camp completely. They thought they were going to get wiped out by the enemy, but really it was God supernaturally assisting the Israelite people. Now watch. Here's something I think is amazing about this, is that God is teaching us 
You're going to see supernatural assistance when you stop sulking, when you get up and you start moving, then God starts working. You're going to see, and I'm declaring this to you today, you're going to see supernatural and divine assistance in this season. I don't know what you're going through, but let me tell you something. God protects his investments, and God's going to take care of you today. And so these guys go off into this camp, and what do they see? They see cattle. They see tents. They see houses. They see resources. And what do they see? They see food. They see all the things that they were looking for. They see silver. They see food. They see uh, donkeys. They see all these things that they've been looking for. And they realize, oh my gosh, the famine can be over because of all the abundance of resources that is in this place. I just want to let somebody know today. Come on, there's silver in this season. There is silver in this season. Uh, A few things that I felt like the Lord told me to tell you is you will have a greater business, you will have greater ideas, you will have greater relationships, and you will have greater ministry opportunities because of this season. Come on, there is silver in this season. Squeeze all the juice out of this season, and watch, you're going to see the greatest blessings come from your deepest pains. Let me say that again. This season, although it might be deeply painful, you will be so blessed because some of the greatest opportunity, some of the greatest business, some great ideas, and great relationships are coming from this season. There is silver in this season. I don't know who that's for, but I know that's for somebody. There is silver in your season. And here's the final thought that I felt like was God was speaking to me as I'm reading this text, is that this blessing, this burden, I'm sorry, will be a blessing. This burden will be a blessing. These four lepers, listen, They were divinely set up. Nobody else could have been used in this moment. Everybody else was locked away and quarantined in the city. These four lepers decided that we're just not going to sit here, but they were actually divinely set up. Their burden of leprosy was the sole reason that the Israelite people found resources and the famine was over. So they were divinely set up. I think it's so amazing about our God is he can use your pain and turn it for a blessing. I'm reminded of this movie, The Terminator. Come on, I know that's kind of a crazy transition, but but watch, there's an incredible principle attached to this. I remember watching this Terminator movie, and there's this evil organization called Skynet. And Skynet would be defeated by John Connor. And his mother, her name was Sarah Connor. So Skynet decides in one of the first films, they're going to go back in time, and they're going to try and take out Sarah Connor because of John Connor and his future to take out Skynet. Now, here's the crazy thing is Skynet recognized the potential that John Connor had, and so they tried to kill him out and and take him out at infancy. Now watch, a lot of the attacks that are on your life are not about who you are, but who you will be one day. Let me say that again for somebody that needs to hear it. The attacks on your life, the enemy's attack on your life, is not because of who you currently are. It's because of who you will be one day, and that's why the enemy attacks. And so the burdens you're experiencing right now, the attacks of the enemy that's on your life right now, let me just tell you, that burden will be a greatest blessing. I don't know the last time I saw a bulldozer take out a weed. What do I mean by that? I mean that if the devil is taking this hard and going all out, on my life or going all out on our lives and trying to get us out of our comfort zones, to get us out of our relationships, to get us out of our relationship with God. Let me tell you something. He knows how dangerous you are. This burden, come on, baby, is going to be a blessing in your life. I don't know how. But I just know God is in the miracle working business. He is a God that can redeem things and redeem things and make them even better. I think about Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. It talks about this. You intended it for my harm, but God used it for my good. And that's what God is going to do. And I even think about Jesus. I think about Jesus in this scenario. Jesus looks like one of the lepers to me. 
He was diseased with this curse called sin. He took on our sin, our shame, our mistakes, all of our burdens, and he actually changed it and turned it into a blessing. He turned it into our salvation. Jesus was just like the leper. He took on the disease of sin. He, he, he was actually dying. He knew at a young age he would not be living for very long, so much so that some of his disciples actually said, I can't let you go to the cross. I can't let you do that. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Because Jesus knew he was actually in the process of dying, that his life was not meant to be lived. His life was actually to die for his sins of humanity. And Jesus was discarded, just like the lepers were, thrown, to, thrown away. He was an outcast. Uh, his own disciples denied him. One of his disciples betrayed him. The Roman guard threw him up, even though he was an innocent man, threw him up on the cross. And so he was discarded by humanity. But watch. The greatest blessing in life came from the worst pain from Jesus. Life's greatest blessings come from life's greatest pains. And this season will be that for you. And I'm declaring that over you. This burden will be a blessing. I love this about Jesus. Is he's just like the lepers. Is he decided, you know what? I'm not going to sulk about the calling and the call of God that's on my life to go to the cross. Is, is his, his calling was simply to take on our sin, take on our shame, and provide a way to get to heaven. Jesus is the bridge, and I'm so grateful for that. And Jesus isn't just like the Aramean camp and the resources there. Jesus doesn't just save us. He can actually sustain us in this season. The famine is over. I love that Elisha said that. So in scene one, we see Elisha prophesy. Scene two, we see that prophecy come to fulfillment, and that fulfillment is found in Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want to pray for some of you right now. And I want to declare those statements over you. What God was speaking to me through that passage is death is inevitable, but living is optional. Come on, leprosy is contagious. So is your attitude. Have a good attitude in this season. Watch God work. Watch God move. And have an attitude of expectation. And the last two I just think about is there's silver in this season. Squeeze all the juice out of this. God is going to do incredible things. Greater ideas, greater businesses, greater opportunity, greater relationships, greater ministry availability. You're going to be able to preach to people that were never open to the gospel before. And this burden will become your greatest blessing. I want to pray for you right now. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I want to agree in faith that God's going to do a miracle in your life. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to preach to my church family. And I pray that this message would be a prophetic declaration for them. That this burden, this season, this coronavirus, our job losses, our health uh, being deteriorated right now. I, just, I pray, Lord, that you're going to redeem it. I know and declare that that is going to happen. And we thank you in advance. We have, a, we have an attitude of expectation and faith, knowing that you're going to redeem it, you're going to flip it around, and you're going to do miraculous and incredible things. And so, Father, I also want to pray for those that need to give their life to Christ today. And if that's you, I'm just going to ask you boldly, to just click that button, click that banner below, and say, I need to give my life to Christ today. Come on, don't wait another minute. We're going to have somebody pray for you. We're going to have somebody lead you and walk you through this season and walk you through this journey. But listen, it will be the greatest decision of your life. And just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I turn to you, and I put my trust and my faith in you. I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I thank you, God, for dying for me. I put my faith, my trust, my hope, and my love in you. In Jesus' name. And come on, everybody said. Come on, everybody said. Amen and amen.